Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new unsettling stories taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. This story has been in my family for years, but I never thought to share it here before. And before you ask, no, this story didn't happen to me. But yes, it is very much true. A little backstory. I have a huge family. My eldest auntie, we'll call her Jane, is the age of most people my age's grandparents. She's now almost 85. Our story begins in the 1950s, when Jane and four of her college girlfriends were on a road trip. They were on their way home, traveling through rural Wisconsin, still a couple of hours from their destination, when all of a sudden, they started having trouble with their car. They tried to keep going, but eventually had to pull over. Jane said they were all quickly getting worried. This was decades before cell phones. The sun was setting, and the nearest proper town wasn't for several miles too far to walk. They weren't familiar with the area and didn't want to split up. When miraculously, a car pulled up next to theirs. The man who was driving asked them what was going on. They explained their situation the best they could, and he helped them to fix the car. They offered him some money for helping, but he refused. Jane said they all thought the man was a little bit strange, but they were still just grateful that someone had found them and helped them out. The man left, and the girls made it home without any more trouble. Sometime later, maybe a year or so has gone by. My aunt has gone about her life as usual, when one evening, a local man is arrested, as he was suspected of the murder of a local business owner. The man is named Ed Gein, and the extent of his crimes beyond that single murder soon come to light. My auntie says when she saw him on the news, all of her friends started calling each other. They had all recognized him as the man who helped fix their car that night not so long ago. They were all shocked that their odd feeling about him wasn't just nerves, but rooted in the fact that they did come face to face with evil that evening. While everyone in that vehicle that night wondered why he didn't try anything with them, my auntie thinks it was simply because there happened to be five of them he wouldn't have been able to take all of them, as he was outnumbered. Yin would go on trial in 1957 for two murders that he confessed to. However, he is suspected to have committed seven more murders that are still considered unsolved to this day, and unfortunately, will likely stay that way as Yin never confessed to them and passed away at the age of 77 back in 1984. There you have it, the story of how Ed Gein fixed my auntie's car. By all accounts, pretty solid mechanic, much less stellar human being. After finding many stories here, it reminded me that I have one that I thought I had forgotten. I'm a South American woman, but have been living in the States for about 11 years now. I first moved to Colorado when I was 21 
to the small mountain town of Silverthorne. I was recruited by an exchange student program for college students in South America to come to the USA, both work and travel during summer break in the South. Up to that point, I had never even seen snow in my life, so I was extremely excited to be living in a cold, snowy place for once. I was going to be working at a very popular hotel in the town of Frisco, not too far from the hostel that I was living in. The hostel itself had its own creepy stories, but I won't talk about them in details at the moment. That can be for later, perhaps. So far, I didn't know exactly what kind of job I would be doing in the hotel. All I knew was that I was supposed to show up there on a certain date and time to talk to the owner. The owner was this Ukrainian-American guy that was probably in his mid-40s back then. I show up, introduce myself with all the basic English skills I had at the time, and tell him that I'm excited to start working there. He gives me a weird, long stare, almost as if he was analyzing me. He was a tall man with very pronounced eyebrows. Not one to judge, but the look that he gave me then kind of creeped me out for a second. He then showed me to the restaurant and said I would be working there as a hostess in addition to delivering room service orders. I didn't really think that my English was good enough to be in close contact with the public back then. I thought I would be working back of the house or housekeeping, but he insisted. For those who are familiar with the area, this part of Colorado is not too far from Vail, so it's needless to say that they get very, very busy during the ski season, and I was dealing with customers from all over the world. That's when I also started helping out as a server during breakfast time, and of course, I'd get a lot of orders wrong because of my lack of English, which made the owner very mad. I remember one time that my coworker and friend was taking a little bit longer to wipe down one of the tables when we had guests waiting to be seated. That's when the owner grabbed the towel from her hand, yelled at both of us to get out of his way, and to stop being so damn useless before proceeding to throw the towel back in her face. Let me just make one small note here to say that this girl was also an immigrant like me, although she had fantastic English and had been living in the country for years. The owner would take every opportunity to try and find ways to show us just how slow, dumb, or inferior we were compared to him. Then, at night, after the pace had slowed down, he would then act all apologetic and buy us drinks at the bar, making forward comments about my appearance and even attempting to caress my legs. I was starting to feel uncomfortable around him and would always try not to be in the same room as he was. During work hours, I would be focused on customers or talking to my coworkers, and I would never make eye contact with him if he were present. On New Year's Eve that year, there was a big incident in the hostel I lived at. I was out that night with a few coworkers of mine, but learned later that one of the residents had gotten way too high on God knows what drug and started chasing down one of my friends inside the hostel. All the while, pointing a gun at him, yelling racial slurs, and making death threats. The man got arrested, but it's easy to say that most of us students living there no longer felt safe. While talking about the incident to one of my coworkers the next day, the big boss overheard the conversation and immediately came to check on me to make sure that I was okay. I thought he was being very nice and thanked him for checking. He said, I shouldn't be staying at that hostel anymore, given the circumstances, 
and invited me to stay in one of the hotel rooms, free of charge, for the next few weeks while I looked for a new place. That seemed very generous of him, especially given the fact that the hotel would be completely booked since it was the peak of ski season. I accepted his offer and moved in the next day. I was so overwhelmed with happiness for finally having some privacy. I was America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Sharing a room with five other girls in the hostel, and for getting some extra sleep before working my breakfast shift since I was now literally living at work. That was until one night later that week, where I felt extremely exhausted after being slammed in the restaurant all day and delivering orders to several rooms. I was ready to get cozy in my hotel room and go to sleep, seeing that I was off the next day. It must have been around 2 in the morning when I woke up completely groggy and noticed that the door to my room was open. I could see the lights flooding in from the hallway. That's when I noticed the silhouette of a tall person standing inside my room and watching me sleep. I couldn't see a face, but I could definitely tell that it was a man. As I began to realize what was going on, I hear a metal clanking noise, as if someone was undoing the clasp on their belt. I immediately screamed. That person, whoever it was, quickly got out of my room. The next day, I brought this up to management and my coworkers and said that there was definitely someone in my room the night before. They said that I was probably dreaming or that someone from housekeeping must have gotten into the wrong room. Wrong room? At two in the morning. Housekeeping? The owner didn't comment on the case and stopped talking to me or even acknowledging my presence after that, which was to my relief. I eventually moved on, got a new job, a new apartment to live in. About a year and a half after my little incident, while checking the local Summit Daily News, who do I see on the front page? Him, the owner of that hotel. He had been arrested the night before after getting two female hotel guests way too drunk at the bar, and then, quote, letting himself into their rooms once they had crashed for the night. They woke up, and there he was, standing there in the room, just staring at them, seemingly planning what his next move was. They screamed bloody murder and called the police immediately. Now, was it him in my room that night? I'm 99% sure it was, but kind of relieved that I didn't get to find that out. What creeps me out the most about the situation is that what about those nights I completely crashed after having one too many drinks? You know how the altitude can affect your alcohol tolerance? Well, I can testify that it really did it for me. I'm from the sea level and not a big drinker, but a few times I woke up with zero memories from the night before. So the even more unsettling question is, was this the first time someone got into my room? And how many more guests at this hotel had this happened to without them even realizing it? I've been a long time lurker on this subreddit, 
but I'd never thought I'd be here, sharing my own story about an experience that I had. It was a Friday night, and I had gone to bed early, as I had work on Saturday morning. After reading in bed for a bit, I drifted off to sleep at around 10.30pm, only to wake up about an hour later to loud screams and people yelling profanities. I thought my girlfriend was watching a movie with the volume way up, so that's when I went out to the living room to ask her to turn it down a little. Instead, I found the TV was off and my girlfriend was staring at the front door with her eyes wide. Our apartment is on the ground floor of the building, and so our front door opens directly out into the lobby of the building. The voices in question were coming straight from the lobby. I couldn't make out specifics. In my defense, I was half asleep, and the language of the country that I live in is not my first language. But I could tell there was a lot of swearing involved. That much I knew. My first thought was that it was some kind of domestic dispute. But after listening for a moment, I realized it was a group of men that sounded extremely aggressive. I looked at the WhatsApp group chat for my apartment building, and to my horror, I saw a message from one of my neighbors that said that there were armed men in the building and that we should not leave our flats. The country that I live in is experiencing a marked uptick in crime, and I had heard stories of armed groups of men robbing entire apartment blocks. But up until this moment, those stories seemed fairly exaggerated to me. However, that was my first thought, that these men would kick down our door and rob us, perhaps doing something worse in the unfolding of events. I thought about barricading our door, but I didn't get that far. One of my dogs started to growl at the commotion outside. I quickly shushed him, and thankfully he obeyed. That's when I heard a commotion in the apartment directly above us, and went out to my patio to see what was happening. I heard what sounded like a large piece of furniture being knocked over, and women and children screaming in terror. At this point, I had no idea what was going on, but I knew that by now, they would have robbed us already, if that was what they had planned to do. My girlfriend and I decided to hide in a small shed at the end of our patio, monitoring the group chat on our phones. Our larger dog silently stood watch outside the door of the shed, his eyes locked on the sliding door at the end of the patio. I would later find my smaller dog cowering between the washing machine and the dryer. After ten extremely tense minutes, I heard the screeching of tires, signaling what I hoped was the perpetrators fleeing the scene. Eventually, someone in the group chat said the police had arrived, and breathing a huge sigh of relief, I came out of hiding and finally opened the front door. Alarmingly, on the floor of the lobby, there were zip ties that had been cut, and the security guard was talking to one of the tenants. The man was bleeding from a large gash on his face, and appeared to be extremely shaken. Over the next few hours, the entire story would unfold. The man that I saw with the gash on his face was the tenant in the upstairs apartment right above ours, the one that I had heard the commotion coming from. He was the owner of an import-export business and, for whatever reason, had a sizable sum of money, in cash, hidden within his apartment. Someone had obviously found out about it and planned out the robbery that woke me from my sleep that evening. A group of eight men had followed him into the apartment building's garage and ambushed him as he got out of his car. 
and judging from the gash on his face, they roughed him up quite a bit. Some of the group of eight had gone to the lobby, surprised the security guard, and zip-tied him. The remainder of the group had gone up to the apartment, robbed it, and then fled the scene. I find it pretty chilling to think that armed men were only feet from my front door, that if they had incorrect information, or even if they just wanted to, our apartment would have been the first one in the line of targets. I've never been worried on a palpable level that my home or I could be the target for something like this, but we've since figured out a way to reinforce our front door in a way that'll hopefully ward off people with bad intentions, if it were to ever happen. I'm thankful that my neighbor was okay that night and that everyone survived that encounter. Money can be replaced. Life cannot. I also hope my neighbor learned to not keep large amounts of cash in his home. Best to not make yourself a target if you don't have to.